Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the inaugural episode of Sweet Seats, episode one of season one. Sweet Seats is a production of Lake Orion Dragon, Dragon Broadcasting Sports Broadcast and Communications class and a sister podcast to the prom- prominently renowned Cheap Seats. Today we have Derek Steele. How are you doing today, Anthony? I'm doing good, Derek. We also have Joe Hausler. Hello. And we also have Nate Havrilla. What's up? And um, let's start off today talking about my good old Detroit Pistons. Oh, boy. Last night we played the Sacramento Kings, and um, it's safe to say we didn't do quite well. We lost 129 to 107. And usually 107 points isn't that bad in an NBA game, but when half our team only scores half our points, that's a problem. Sadiq Bey and Kate Cunningham, Sadiq Bey had 28 points, Kate Cunningham had 25 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. The rest of the team only had 54 points on 17% field goal shooting and 15% three-point shooting. One of the stats I want to bring about up about Cade Cunningham, and I know we talked about this a lot last night and this morning. He is the he joined Steph Curry, Trey Young, and Jason Kidd as the only rookies in NBA history with the 25-8 and 8 game plus five three pointers made. One of the big things coming into the league is is he going to be able to shoot the three ball? He started I think 0 for 9 on the three ball his first two games. So starting to see him being able to drop those three pointers. He had a couple of really huge baskets against the um in the Raptors win. So just starting to see him have that confidence to make those baskets is something that I think is going to go a long way in making him the rookie of the year. Yeah, and something that I noticed, um, after his ankle injury, he didn't have a training camp and he didn't have a uh, preseason at all. So he came into the NBA just like no experience other than summer league. So after he had about four games, I mean, you see it in Toronto, he had nine points, but he he had four clutch points. And the win against Houston, against Jalen Green, the second overall pick, he had 20 points. And he had better field goal percentage shooting than Jalen Green. And he won the game. So seeing him score 25-8-8 is really just, like what you said, is promising. And it's showing a lot of uh, promise for for Kay Cunningham. And even when he's not scoring, the way he plays, he's able to, you know, fill up in other roles. Like rebounding, Mm -hmm. passing the ball. His defense. You know, yeah. He's kind of a complete package, so even when yeah. he's not scoring, he can still make a difference. Another player I want to bring up from that game is he didn't have the best game statistically-wise, but just being able to see him get some more minutes, and I think in these meaningless games, he's going to start seeing some more minutes, especially with um, – um, I can't think of his name right now. Give me a number. Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. Especially with Kelly Olynyk out – I think someone we're going to start seeing a lot from is Luca Garza out of mm-hmm. Iowa. He played 17 minutes. He was 2 for 4 shooting. He was 1 for 2 from 3-pointers. He had three. He had 7 total rebounds, 1 assist, but he also did have 2 personal fouls. He had 5 points total. I think we're going to start seeing being able to see that more playmaking style from him that we saw at Iowa. And he's going to start getting, I think, more minutes with the bench unit, especially since Kelly Olenek is out and he has that injury that's going to set him out for six weeks. We're going to start – we're going to need another big guy to fill in. Trey Lyles is not the answer. No. And so I think no. more once Gerzer starts getting that kind of, you know, six-man kind of off-the-bench reputation, he's going to start developing that more, a little bit more, and that's going to help his development in the game a lot more as well. And what, I, what I'm noticing from, like, from Coach Casey, when Coach Casey is he's, – he's, he's trying to play off his guys' his minutes, get everybody some experience – what he's doing is he's playing Corey, Corey Joseph around 18 Kojo. minutes. 
He's playing Kojo 18 minutes a game. But Saban Lee only played three minutes last night. He only played at the end of the, thir- at the third Saban quarter. Saban Lee actually played nine minutes last night. Corey Joseph played six minutes last night in the loss. I'm, I'm talking about the entire season. The entire season <laughs> okay. he hasn't been yeah, playing. Yeah. No, so I like, get that. In, in Toronto, in Toronto, we're up. We're, we're third quarter, we're up by 12 or 13. Why not put it? Why, why are we keeping Corey Joseph in when we have Saban Lee, who's averaging 37.8 points in the G League? Yeah, he had those two huge two, perform, performances two, in the G League. Exactly. Two 40-point games and almost a triple-double triple in each one of those games. His, in, in especially with Hamidou Diallo. Hamidou Diallo's barely playing for the Pistons. And they were playing Frank Jackson almost all the bench minutes at the two. Yeah. When we have Hamidou Diallo who can come and give Frank Jackson a rest, especially when Frank Jackson isn't making the shots, which he's very streaky from three, Hamidou Diallo provides athleticism. He had a great game. He may not have had a, the best statistic game, like what he said about um, Luca Garza. Garza. Yeah. But Hamidou Diallo, he brought athleticism. He brought spacing. He brought passing. He spread the floor a lot. I just think I just think Casey needs to fix his rotations. And I know I'm not the coach, and I, Casey's the coach. He's coach of the year with the Raptors. But his rotations are very off-the-bench veteran-heavy when we have a lot of young guys like Luca Garza, who didn't play at all in, in the Toronto win. We have guys like Saban Lee, uh, Hamidou Diallo, and Isaiah Livers is going to be coming back from injury. Hopefully we can see him in the rotation. I just hope he starts using his young guys off the bench more than someone like a Trey Lyles or Corey Joseph, when Corey Joseph has definitely been struggling his past couple of games. But you also got to look at the success the Raptors have had when he moved on from coaching. you got to give auto development credit for players like Pascal Siakam to Coach Casey. Yeah. And there's a reason that the GM of the Pistons – wanted to bring Casey in when they were looking for a new coach is because he's known for developing players. He's known for getting guys like Pascal Siakam to the NBA level and making them NBA champs. The championship they won in 2019, you got to give some of that credit to Coach Casey as well because one of the big role players in that game, in that series, was Pascal Siakam, who was developed by Coach Casey. So you got to look at the success he's had as well and say – it's not pretty right now. The Pistons are three and ten. Mm-hmm. It's not pretty right now. Both of those two of their wins came against Houston Rockets and Toronto Raptors, who both drafted top five this previous draft. And then the other one was against um, Orlando, who also drafted top ten. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at where the Pistons are versus where the Raptors are, and just kind of give Casey some credit in a way as well. So speaking mm-hmm. of the Pistons' record, I'm gonna guess they're not gonna make the playoffs this year. You know, their younger team with not a lot of right-now talent it's going to be developed. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to the draft, who are your guys' – you know, if you're the Pistons GM, who would you want? Who would I want? Um, I'm looking at Jalen Hardy. Jalen Hardy is an electrifying okay. scorer. I get that. And he can go next to K-Con and maybe bring Killian Hayes off the bench. I'm also looking at Paolo Benchero. That's who I was going to say. Paolo Benchero can kind of play that um, – Next, next to Isaiah Stewart at that four, maybe even move him to the three if we need to have Sadiq Bey play at the two and Kate Cunningham at the one. But I feel like if we get Paolo or we, we get top three pick, we get Paolo or even Chet Holmgren. That's who I think you're Holmgren's going to be. You're saying all the players I'm gonna, I was about to say. I think Chet Holmgren's going to be a really good I was going to say NBA Chet Holmgren and Paolo Banchero. But another one I'm thinking of is Jabari Smith out of Auburn, a mm-hmm. power forward. I think he could fit in the rotation a lot, and I think there's players like a Jeremy Grant that can help develop him and help him show kind of the right way to do and how you go about your business in the NBA. And he, I think Jeremy Grant would be a great mentor for someone like Jabari Smith 
where he would be able to help develop him and make him into like a Jeremy Grant 2.0 almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have the first, you know, if you have a top three pick and you're going to go big man, I don't know how you go away from Chet Holmgren. He's kind of the complete package if you look at an NBA prospect, yeah. a modern big. Um, you can also look at Jalen Duran now from Memphis. Um, he's okay. eligible for this draft, yep. and yep. I think I think he's a, he's a good big man. Patrick um, Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, yep. from Milwaukee, which that's a that's a surprising commitment, even though his dad coaches there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, um, but I think you don't necessarily have to go with Chet Holmgren. Um, he's also like he's obviously an amazing player. What was he number one in his class? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He was number one. And also, the rookie doesn't have to make an immediate impact because who knows what happens next year, and we right. can even get Imani Bates the next year yeah. after two years of college experience. So he'll be developed a lot more than a lot of these one and done yeah, players, yeah. and he'll still be young. So. Um, it's it doesn't have to necessarily like make a huge impact to begin. And yeah. I don't I don't really I don't really feel like Jeremy Grant has a safe spot on this team, especially yeah. with all the young like power forward that. prospects that. that could be coming in the next couple of drafts. I get that. If Troy Reaver thinks about it and thinks, okay, we're not going to be good the next couple of years. Kind of do to like uh, Blake Griffin 2.0, where you do like mm-hmm. a release, let him go somewhere else, or or, or trade you try him. and trade him. I I, th- I think trading him for someone like a Desmond Bain from Memphis, get a couple picks along with it, get some assets, or along like a with Buddy Heald out of Sacramento, or a Buddy Heald, or even I wouldn't trade Jeremy for Marvin Bagley because I think we could trade someone else of lesser value for Marvin Bagley. But even Marvin Bagley he had a great game last night against us. He could provide that big spot, so where Luca Garza doesn't have to play. 15, 17 minutes off the bench, but we could still have that big man presence and still play Lyles at the four. Especially with Kelly Olenek out, who mm-hmm. he can kind of have that big man presence. Getting another big man, I think, would help even the development of Isaiah Stewart. Mm-hmm. If you get someone that can start. We saw the success Isaiah Stewart had off the bench. He's kind of struggling in that starting rotation this year, where if you get someone who can be that starter at the center every game, you move Isaiah Stewart back to the bench where he can develop a little bit more. I'm not saying pin him down in the G League. I wouldn't call for that at all. Mm-hmm. But just getting him back on the bench unit, get letting him kind of slow down the game and get back to what he does best, I think would help a lot for not only his development but him right now. And it could go back to a lot of that injury he had at the Olympics as well mm-hmm. where that kind of helped slow down his development and slow down his summer workout. So we're kind of starting to see – the after effects of that right now. And I think that's when you look in the draft and go for a Chet Holmgren or Jalen Duran because mm-hmm. um, Isaiah Stewart, he's not a scorer. He's a he's a rebounder. He's a defender. He he's a Ben Wallace type I can player. Play, I completely agree. And we don't have the offensive uh, ability to not have that center be able to score. Back yeah, in yeah. 2004, 2005, we had Chauncey Billows. We had Rip Hamilton who could score whenever they wanted Rasheed to. Rasheed Wallace. Yep. Rasheed Wallace. But with, with Ben Wallace, he all he had to do was play defense because they didn't need him. Yeah, especially – yeah, we, we just can't use it now. Especially in the modern NBA where you need to be able yeah. to score at that five position and you need to be able to shoot. The five position has really evolved from what Ben Wallace was. Now, mm-hmm. I know we talked a lot about this as well, Joe, is that nowadays it's become a lot more rely on the jumper, rely on the three-point shooting. Whoever is the best three-point shooting team is going to win championships. Look at the 2017 Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. for example. And speaking of the Warriors... One of the surprise, maybe not surprise, one of the surprise teams at 10-1 and one this season. Yeah. Who was the surprise team that each of y'all think is, like, the, the major surprise team that nobody saw coming Man. this season? Wizards. Wizards. Yeah, I would agree Wizards, with the Wizards. Yeah, that without, Wizards without is my team Rus- uh, Without Russell okay. Westbrook. Eight 
10 and 3. That's insane. I mean, they traded away all their pieces. So they have Kuzma, Dinwiddie. Who else do they have? They have Contavious Caldwell Pope, Bradley Beal, Montrez Harrell. Um, uh, they have, I think Raul Neto is their backup point guard. Hachimura. And yeah, they, really oh, Hachimura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Hachimura hasn't been playing. Yeah, he's been he's been out. I don't know. They don't even know why he's been out. He hasn't been going to practices. He hasn't been showing up. But I feel like just that that trade they just they trade for Russell Westbrook for all those young pieces. I feel like they just need to get out of Los Angeles, get out of the spotlight. Yeah. Now they're in Washington, yeah, who, which is I not really agree. it's not really a big market. I mean, it's a big market, but it, it doesn't have as big as a following at following as the Lakers do. I feel like when that uh, diminished role of Kyle Kuzma is, is now out of the spotlight, out of being yeah. with LeBron James. Yeah. He's out of all the trolls on social media, and he's just yep. playing basketball. I feel like that's definitely helped him. And you I feel go like, back to the basics a lot more with it. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I feel like Montrez Harrell is a very uh, – he, he's mo- one of the most improved players, in my opinion, this season. He's putting up insane stats, and he's just – he's that anchor. He's that anchor that can score. He could play defense. He's kind of like I'm, what I'm thinking. He's undersized too. He's Isaiah Stewart when Isaiah Stewart can learn how to play basketball. Well, not play basketball, but shoot the ball. I get that. And he could play a complete game of basketball. I get that. I so, think I think the Wizards won that trade. To be honest, the I Wizards definitely did win that I mean, trade. Westbrook, Westbrook has been it's, struggling. It's really to tell after like. 13 games. Uh, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. agree with that. But I think so far that we've seen, the Wizards definitely won that yeah. trade. Westbrook has been struggling, and it was good for them to get him away because they could bring in all of these younger players because mm-hmm. they're not going to win an NBA championship anytime soon, at least yeah. from right now. And for them to get rid of Westbrook and pull in all these young players, mm-hmm. that's that's really good for them. And free that cap space because yeah. Westbrook has yeah. that insane like $40 million yeah. contract that yep. they're trying to get off. And Westbrook's of. really been struggling on the Lakers, at least from what I've seen. Um, I mean, you put all those stars together. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, LeBron's been out, but you got AD, Russell Westbrook. I mean, you got it's like a retirement home of the 2012 All-Star team yeah. over there. I mean, in Russell Westbrook, he's not a dominant scorer. But I mean, he's still he's still scoring triple doubles. He's still getting his team involved, yeah. especially with the yeah. I mean, Avery Bradley. I feel like Avery Bradley's really stepped it up. Malik Monk's really stepped it up for for the Lakers when in LeBron's absence. And um, who else is hurt? I think uh, isn't uh, Taylor Horton Tucker hurt too? I, I just feel like um, Malik Monk. They've they've all they've all stepped it up there. But still, Russell Westbrook still can't carry a basketball team to wins. I mean, I and I'm looking back at this trade for the Lakers, and I still don't understand why they go down the route of trading for Russell Westbrook when their biggest knock coming into this season was they didn't have a really good three point shooter, and that mm-hmm. really yeah doesn't help with the problem that they had. But I mean, it's also Russell Westbrook as well. It's the same same thing with signing Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, but you're not also sacrificing. A young core for Carmelo true, Anthony. True. I mean, I think I think a better trade with less assets being given up that would have been better for them is Buddy Healed, which was a trade that. that was discussed uh, in and around draft time. Yep. And Buddy Heald just seems like a more more of what they need. They need more of like Buddy Heald last yeah. night. He scored sixty percent from three point land. He couldn't miss from three. He could not miss yep. from three last night. And I feel like if if the Lakers had that at the two. Or they could even play him at the one if they needed to, and they also have um, Rondo's back there. Maybe they could start Rondo if they didn't have if they didn't have Westbrook. I just feel like Buddy Heald. They would have been able to give up less. Maybe they would have kept Kuzma. Maybe they would have kept Contavious Caldwell Pope. Maybe they would have kept Harrell, and they would have gotten more of what they need. One team that surprised me a lot is this team made it to the playoffs. They lost to the Knicks in the playoffs is the Atlanta Hawks. I know a lot of the talk was that Trey Young MVP talk. He's had an outstanding season, but there's really not that 
cast around them that has stepped up like they did it in the playoffs. They're mm-hmm. six and nine right now. They beat a struggling Orlando team last night. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre just, Hunter's I, hurt. I feel like a lot of the talk around the NBA coming into the season was Atlanta, New York. You know, you got Chicago, who I thought was going to be top five. You got Brooklyn. Those are the teams that we thought were going to be top five. And then the team that's surprising me the most, probably on the good side, is Cleveland sitting at nine and six. Mm-hmm. I really didn't expect Cleveland to have that. I w- I've always been high on, oh, what's their point guard's name? I can't even think of it. Colin name. Sexton. Colin Sexton. Garland. It's either Sexton or Garland. Sexton. I think, I think Sexton. right now Garland's the one and Sexton's the two. Sex- Sexton's hurt right now, though. Yeah. He had, he had that uh, the meniscus That's tear. right. That's right. But I've always been high on Colin Sexton ever coming out of college. And so being able to see the success that Cleveland has had, and I think the addition of uh, Jarrett Allen has helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And just being able to see them pit that young core together. I think Cleveland's where Detroit's going to be in two or three years. Having that young core that's starting to be able to come together and win games. And they might make the playoffs or they might fall back into a play-in tournament. But I think we can hear... I think Cleveland could be kind of like the New York of last year where it's just that surprise team that came out of nowhere that makes a run in the playoffs. They also got Ricky Rubio who yep. had that giant game. Yep. And they also have like they have those the, that big man core. Their their small forward is a seven foot Laurie Markkinen. That yep. threw their small forward. I feel like something that the league wasn't really expecting was all that height and all that height to actually work. Yeah. And them to actually win games and Evan yeah. Mobley being a rookie of the year conversations, respectfully and very 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 deservedly. He's been playing great, even though he had a little bit of an off game last night. Jared Allen being insane, fourteen and twelve a game. And I feel like once once they're 100% healthy again, they have Markin in, they have Sexton back, and then they have that that talent. And they also have Kevin Love, who's been out due yep. to the uh, health and safety protocols. Kevin Love is like the only player on the Cavaliers from when LeBron played there, he's LeBron been and there Kyrie. And I feel like he's I feel like Love's probably, gonna be gone. Love's got that giant contract too. He's been there probably ever since I was born. <laughs> Uh, oh I think I, I think it's time to move on to some football. Yeah, quickly I got some this. Quickly. I got that. Last night, um, ooh, last last night was rough. Stafford ooh, last night again. was rough. I mean, one of his interceptions obviously wasn't his fault off Higby's hands, and now with him struggling and Brady also struggling, who's your favorite for MVP right now? Kyler Murray probably. Kyler Murray. Yeah, you yeah, can Kyler make Murray. an argument for, but I don't really like the MVP like award in NFL right now because it doesn't truly give it to the most valuable player to a team because if we're talking most valuable you could go Aaron Donald uh, Derrick Henry I would Lamar go Lamar Jackson. yeah Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson okay. is, Lamar Jackson's the reason that the Ravens win games right you're, now you're his gonna, wide receivers are bad like, you're gonna like this rant. nothing you ready for the you ready for this Joe quick yeah. rant Derek quick rant I will keep this under a minute okay, and you, you can time to. me okay so Josh Allen he went from basically no one in 2019 to second in MVP in 2020. He's taking it to the next step in 2021. He's already thrown for 2602 in yards. He's having a perc- completion percentage of 66.2. He had better stats in 2020 than Lamar Jackson did in 2019. He's a better thrower than Lamar. Patrick, Mo- Patrick Mahomes has really struggled. He's taken that regression year. Allen's continued to do the opposite. He's starting to become his own he's completed 230 of his passes he has a long pass of 61 yards he has 19 touchdowns only six interceptions and like you said joe the mvp isn't really the most valuable to his team it's whoever pits up the highest stats Allen's lighting up the stat sheet he had a great game against the jets he really struggled against the jaguars which i mean i think that's i think that's on the offensive line 
When half your offensive line is out, you're not going to win and, many games. And one of the reasons for Allen's progression there's, there's was the team around him is improved. And that's with any quarterback. You have yeah. to have a good offensive line. Not just succeed. that. Think about the weapons. He went from, we were talking about this before, he went to, you know, from Robert Woods, Zay Jones, to Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley. And that's, and that goes with any front office as well. You have to be able to build not only a good team, you have to build a winning culture as well in the NFL. All right, and I think, uh, I think uh, with that, we got we to gotta wrap it up here. We got a lot of NBA. We got a little bit of football in, but uh, that's about all we have. Thank you guys for listening to episode one of Sweet Seats. From all of us here, me, Nate, Joe, Derek, have a great week.